Hello, my name is Charles Morgan. This is Word is Live Ministries. I just want to tell you I'm glad to be with you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, whether you listen on the radio, uh, on the internet, we've got uh, YouTube, Facebook. We also have podcasts, and you can search for all of those under Word is Alive Ministries. This morning we're going to be in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah. <clears throat> we're going to be in chapter 6 and then talk a little bit about it. Chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come unto you? So we got to look at, first of all, who Nehemiah is. Nehemiah is not a great general. Nehemiah is not a great politician, not a king, uh, not over anything great and mighty that we would look at in our eyes. In fact, he was a cupbearer for the king while in captivity, and he got word that the Jerusalem wall was in shambles, that it was not being built back. Uh, people were going back, but they were not building the wall back, and he was he was very concerned about this, and so he he uh, he really went out on a limb, and he went before the king, and, and it could have been his death, but the king said, you know, hey, what's going on? Uh, you've been a great cupbearer. You always have a smile on your face. There's something wrong with you. I can tell it. And Nehemiah told him what was on his heart, the fact that his homeland uh, was allowed people to go back, but yet the Jerusalem wall was in shambles, that it was not protected, that no one was doing that. And so he was allowed to go do that. And these guys that uh, were there, they'd had 70 years of just running things. They didn't want Jerusalem to be built back. They didn't want it to be uh, completed, protected, and so they were going to try to do something. Now, some of these guys <clears throat> were pretty protect, or pretty connected. Tobiah, especially, if we look over, and I'm not going to read all these names. In verse 18, uh, we see that he he's got a lineage here, and he's got his son has has, has uh, got a lineage, and and so he's got a connection with these people, and he's kind of important. And so even the people of of uh, uh, Israel and or Judah want to be his friends, and so they want to do something. And they said. Uh, they reported his good deeds. You know, they looked at him and and uh, and said, "Yeah, he's a great guy." So, what's happened is is Nehemiah's come in and he has coordinated everyone. He's got them together, and he said, "Let's build this wall." And so they they said that they they had weapon in one hand and a trowel in another. In other words, they were working, but yet they were always keeping an eye out that they may have to defend themselves, that they may have to fight, that they may have to go against those that did not want them to do that. Folks, oh, that's the situation we're in today. Now, I'm not talking about a physical confrontation, but I'm talking about spiritually that we are to be about God's work, but we are always to be vigilant that we may have to defend ourselves. We may have to, you know, say, "Hey, look, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing that." We may have to go against the grain of the world, and that's just part of it. Uh, we can see that in our world that the world is not friendly to Christians. And, uh, you know, at one time we probably would have looked around and we said, well, our, our, uh, nation is probably friendly to Christians, but 
I don't think we can say that today. We see too many things that are uh, said against them. Now, that does not mean that we are alone. I don't want anybody to think that because that's exactly what they want us to think. Uh, uh, the old evil one, he wants us to isolate. He wants us to think that we don't have anybody else, that we're all by ourselves, and so we'll get discouraged and we'll stop. That's not the case at all either. But we need to understand that we are in enemy territory. Once we accept Christ as our Savior, we're in enemy territory. And he even says so. He uh, he tells us, the world hated me first. They're going to hate you. You know, uh, I don't know where we got this idea that we could make everyone like us, that we could do things and, and have entertainment venues to the point where everyone would just say, well, yeah, you know, I like you guys. You know, I want to I want to be part of you. That's never been the case, and, and it's still not the case, and uh, so many people have fooled themselves into thinking that, that, well, if I do this and this and this, I can make them like me. No, that's not the case. Maybe you can get them in, but you need to give them the hard message of Christ that we've all sinned and come short of that glory of God, that we need that because that wages of sin is death, but that gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, there's nothing wrong with getting them in there, but not telling them the truth, there's something wrong with that. So uh, Nehemiah was just a cupbearer, but he was given a great task. In our work, we may be just what we consider small, and God may give us a great task, or we may be considered uh, amongst people great, but maybe he's given us something that we don't consider great. Whatever God has given you, you're to do that and do it well. Now, Nehemiah was on this wall, he had kept going, he had been had distractions, he had people talking to him, wanting him to come down and, and, and tell him things, even with his own ranks, but yet he had continued on. Now, he got to the point here where the wall was up, but they didn't have the gates hung. And these enemies heard this, they heard there's a weakness there. Okay, the world, Satan and his minions, and he, he can't be everywhere at once, but he's got a lot of help. And I'm telling you what, some of that help is just human, and they don't have to have the demon helping them. They're just mean and evil on their own. They're going to look for your weaknesses. They're going to look for those things that they can they can pick at, and they can say, okay, uh, look, we, we've got to exploit this and take care of this. But you know what? We need to be strong in Christ and say, Christ, help me build this. Help me do this. Help me stay strong. Uh, maybe I've got these weaknesses, but I can fix those through you. And so he, he's getting these guys, and they, they said they had heard about this weakness. He said they heard the wall was up, and there was no breach there. There's nothing left for the wall, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. There wasn't anything there. There was still an opening. He said, I hadn't done that, but they heard, hey, he's got the wall fixed. He's close. We've got to do something drastic. We've got to stop this guy. Man, I tell you what, if you know someone who's working for the Lord and they're really getting in there and they're working hard, be praying for them. Be praying for them. Because someone is going to try to exploit that opening. That opening. And realize that they are human and come, come alongside them and pray with them, pray for them. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the ones leading the church. You know, if, if they're doing the job that they're supposed to, you come alongside of them, and if you hear someone uh, trying to exploit something in them, cut it off. If they try to come to you and go, hey, you know, I, I heard something, and maybe I shouldn't say that. And you go, well, yeah, you shouldn't. Keep it to yourself. I don't want to hear that. I'm not going to be a part of that. 
I'm not going to go with that. Now, see, there were people within Judah that were they were doing that. They were being a part of that because they looked at it and go, hey, I would rather be with this guy of prominence than this guy, Nehemiah, who came in here and built this wall. They had their priorities messed up. They weren't looking at the things in the way that they should. And so these guys knew this. They knew about this exploit that they could do. And so, that, so what they did, they sent to him. But they didn't do it in a mean way. They didn't go, hey, let's go attack him. No, they knew who was in charge. They knew what was going on. They knew who was doing the work, who was keeping everything together. They knew it was Nehemiah, so they sent to him. They sent him a nice little thing. They didn't go, send something to him and say, hey, we're going to cut your head off. If you don't stop this, that, I mean, that, that was their intention. They didn't want to do him uh, kindness. They wanted to do him harm, but they came to him with kindness. There will be those that will come to you, and it will seem like that they're on your side, but you better pray, and you better stay prayed up, and you better stay in the Word, and you better stay strong, and you better stay close to Christ, because these people will lure you away. They'll come in like they're your friends. They'll come in like they're your buddy, and they'll come in, and they'll draw you away from what you should be doing. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes these people are not mean. They're not even ill-meaning, but they do those things. They, they may get you busy doing something else and, until you realize that, hey, I've done something wrong here. I've gotten away from what I should be doing. Maybe it was busy work over here. Maybe it was uh, charity work, and you know you were supposed to be doing something else for the Lord. And so be careful of those. So what they did, they said, it said, Sanballat and Geshem said in him, saying, come, let us meet together in some of the villages in the plain of Ono. They said, hey, why don't we get a meeting here, you know? Uh, today we would we would say, oh, we'll have a Zoom meeting, or, or we'll get together, we'll go to the coffee shop, we'll go to the restaurant, or whatever it is. Uh, we would have that meeting and, and, and say those things. Hey, come on down, man. We want to talk to you. Uh, we've heard great things about you. and Hey, um, uh, we'd like to have you here at this uh, church or this company or whatever it is. You know, pastors can be lured away when they've got a great work going on and God's working them and then somebody goes, hey, why don't you come over here and do that? Or someone could be doing something that's uh, uh, worthwhile to Christ and somebody go, hey, instead of doing that, now you need you need to always listen to the Lord and, and beware of these people that go, you know, God told me to tell you I always ask people would come and tell me, say, well, somebody said to me, said, God told me to tell you. And I said, well, why didn't God tell you? Always think about that. Uh, people that tell you that most of the time, they're trying to get you to do something that they don't really want to do. Or maybe they're luring you away, trying to get you to do something that you shouldn't be doing because they know you're doing something you should. And maybe they want to do that. So you got to be very careful about that. Be careful about these people that come in like this and, and, uh, and we might call them wolves in sheep's clothing. They come as, as niceties, but they don't intend that. And he, he even says this, but they thought to do me mischief. He understood exactly what was going on. Now, Nehemiah had been around a lot of people. He'd been around people in high places. He was a king's cupbearer, so he was close to him. I'm sure he had heard a lot of things, and he'd seen a lot of things. So he had some wisdom there. He wasn't just a, a green kid on the block. He had some wisdom to know of what people were about and how they were going to do things and, and what they did. And uh, and I'm sure he had seen some mischief going on with other people that the, that he uh, related to when he was there in the king's palace and he saw this funny business going on. And, and maybe the king uh, had, had told him, 
you know, these guys are doing this. Probably, probably not that familiarity, but he had probably seen it. Maybe some of the, some of the people that were close to the king had talked to him and said, well, this is what's going on. This is what these people are doing. We see this, uh, we call this dirty politics all the time. And, and anymore, I'm not sure there's anything else in politics, but he was not without some knowledge. He was not without knowing these things. Look, God equipped him to do what he was going to do. God has equipped you to do what he needs you to do. It may not seem like it where you are. As being a cupbearer, you, you wouldn't have said, hey, Nehemiah is the one that's going to go back and secure Jerusalem. No one would have said that. They'd have said, he's a cupbearer. He's not, he's not a politician. He's not an advisor to the king. He's not anything great. So no one would have looked at him and said, he's the guy. But yet God knew he was the guy. God knew what he needed to do. He had put him there. He had trained him. He, he got him in the place where the king knew him and respected him and, and cared for him because he said, hey, there's something wrong with you. So he knew Nehemiah enough. God does that. God puts you where he needs you. Don't resist him when he puts you in a place and, and you say, well, this is not uh, what I really thought I wanted to do. It may not be what you want to do, but it, it very well may be that God is honing you there, or maybe he's put you there to stay there, but he may be preparing you to move on, to go and do something else. He may be getting you into that. Nehemiah was trained uh, uh, to serve, but he was also aware of all those things that were around him. And so when he came in here, he worked himself. He didn't just go in and go, hey, you do this and you do that. No, he walked around the wall at night and he found the, the places that need to be fixed and he talked to the people and he worked himself. And we look at him, he is working himself. And he said, in verse 3, he sent messengers back to them. As they come and they talk to him and they try to convey this thing to him to get him to come down, they knew Nehemiah is the leader. Nehemiah is the one. Nehemiah is the one that's got this under control. He's the one that has got these people going. He has encouraged these people. He is working beside these people. They wanted him. And they wanted him to come down. So he sent messengers saying, and I love this. I've got this underlined and I've got part of it highlighted. I am doing a great work. Whatever God has you to do, if you are doing what he wants you to do and in his will, you're doing a great work. I don't care if you're picking up gum wrappers out of the sanctuary or you're you're just uh, sitting down with someone having coffee and encouraging them. Maybe you look at that and go, well, I don't do much. I've had people tell me that. Oh, well, I, you know, I don't do much. And they are doing so much that they don't, they don't even realize what a great work they are doing. Whatever God has you to do, it's a great work because that's exactly what he wants you to do. These people who are building a the wall, they were doing different things, but each one of them, Nehemiah says, this is a great work, building up Jerusalem. Hey, what are we doing? We are working for Christ. We are trying to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And everything we do, if we are pointing towards that, we're doing a great work. You may be the greatest encourager that is walking the planet right now. Or you may be the greatest speaker that is walking the planet. But God is going to use both of those towards his work. As long as you are working towards the gospel, maybe you're the one that stands beside somebody. You know, I, um, and I know not everyone likes Billy Graham, but uh, he, he's, he spread the gospel a lot. And I remember him talking one time 
about him preaching and he said i just come in and i preach the gospel and he explained how three years before he would go into somewhere for a crusade people would go in teams of people and they would go in and they would start plowing in the field so to speak they would go to churches they would go to events. They would talk to leaders in that, that area, uh, church leaders, business leaders, political leaders. They would continue to work for those three years preparing for that crusade. You never saw those people. You saw him get up and preach, but you didn't see all the work that went into that to make that possible. So when you're doing that work, maybe someone else is going to be in the spotlight but your work is still a great work. Now, we've had revivals when I was pastoring that we would have them and, and people would do things that would prepare for the way for the evangelists to come in and preach the message. Well, people would get saved and people would say, well, what a great preacher he is, but all the work that went in before that, people that were, were talking to lost people and inviting them in and, and telling them about Jesus and they would come in and, and they would accept Christ there, all that work was a great work. All that they were doing was a great work. The people that came and prayed, it was a great work. The people that, that uh, just did the menial things that we would look at, it's a great work. So Nehemiah tells him, he said, I am doing a great work. Now, was it about him? No. It was about the whole project of getting Jerusalem set back up. But he said, my part of it, I'm doing a great work. He said, so that I cannot come down. He said, what I'm doing is so great, I can't stop it. I can't be distracted. I can't be distracted by those that would tell me, hey, wow, you're really, you're really something. You know, when I first uh, surrendered to, uh, to pastor and preach, I had a, a good friend and, and mentor and a pastor that had been at it for 45, 50 years, and, and he, he gave me some advice, and I didn't really understand when he said it, I kind of did, but later on I really did. He said, don't get the big head. And I was like, okay. Later on I understood when I was at a church and it was growing what he was really meaning. Don't attribute this to yourself. Don't look at it and go, hey, it's all about me. That was his point. And that's what Nehemiah was not doing that. He was saying, my part of it is a great work. But he was a part of the whole. And that's what we are too. So, so that I cannot come down. I cannot be stopped. I can't just stop this and go where you want me to go. Number one, he knew that they were doing mischief. Number two, he knew that they were trying to flatter him. Tell him, hey, man, Nehemiah, you you know, I know you're only cupbearer back where you were from, but boy, you've really stood out here. You've really made a name for yourself. People will do that, you know, and, and that's not about God. He said, why should the work cease? The work should never cease. It should always continue. And and let this be known right now, there will come a time when we can't do it. If the Lord tarries and we get to the point, we get old. And I, I've always said this, you know, I, I've seen pastors that, that graciously step down to where they get. To, I've got a, another great uh, mentor, and, and he, he said, you know, he stepped down from pastoring. He said, I couldn't do it. The way it should be. Now, did he stop the work? No, he did not stop the work. He moved over to another uh, town, but 
I will tell you right now, if you go to the hospital and you go to the waiting rooms, you're going to find him. He can't do the work of a pastor. He can't do that because he said, I'm getting too old. He's, he's up in his 80s, but he's still got a ministry. And he does a lot of funerals because he pastored for so long. But he goes to these waiting rooms and he talks to people and he prays with people. He did not stop the work. He changed what he was doing because he knew he couldn't do it. And he passed it on to somebody else that could. It was younger. They could keep up with the pastorate. So I admire that and I see that. And we're going to be that same way. We better be training up people to do that work. We better be talking to people and say, hey, let me come alongside you. I try to come alongside young men and I encourage them because I know they've got more energy than me. They are are at it more and they've got more on the ball. They can remember things that I, I'm starting to uh, get to where I can't remember so much and I can't do as much without getting tired, but they can go. So I, I'm raw, raw on them. Hey, go get them, you know, and, and if you need to talk, I'll listen because I've been there and I've, I've been in, in pastor and I'll, I'll, I'll listen to you. I know what it can be like and I'll encourage you and I'll pray for you. So we need to continue on with that because we know that it's not about us. It's about the work of Christ. He said, why should I come down? Why should the work cease? Why should I come down off of this? I'm doing it right now. Why should the work cease? It should not. It should never stop. Whilst I leave it. We don't get to leave it. We don't get to leave the work of Christ. We may take a vacation, but still we're about the work of Christ. Somehow we need to talk to people we need to spread that gospel. You can do that on vacation. You don't get to take it and say, oh, I don't get to do that anymore. Uh, just about everywhere I get, and I guess everywhere I've gone, I've had an opportunity to counsel with someone or to, to talk to them about the Lord, to spread the gospel, or maybe just talk to them about what's going on uh, in their ministries and things like that. Those opportunities have been opened up, and I've always tried to tried to uh, say, Lord, I, you know, I know I'm on vacation, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to pray with them. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to listen to them. Uh, sometimes it happens on a bench outside of an airport or something that you get a, an opportunity to talk to, to someone. And sometimes it's not even for them. It's for me. Because I've talked to some people and, and uh, witnessed to them, and that just means tell them about Jesus. And all of a sudden they're telling me something that's encouraging. They're encouraging me. And I think if I hadn't spoke to them, I wouldn't have got that encouragement. And the Lord knew that. He, so he's encouraging me through them. And so the work should not cease. We should not leave it. And he said, and come down to you, to you, to those that would draw us away. He said, I'm about the Lord's business. See, that's what it is. It's about the Lord. It's not about the other people. He said, he said, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. Uh, the work should not stop. I'm not going to leave it. And I'm not coming to you. I'm not coming over there with you. We need to be careful about that. We need to be careful about coming over to someone else and go over and over and going being part of it. And, you know, maybe somebody, some politician, you know, or, or some other business leader, or maybe somebody in a church that wants to use you and pull you over and get you into their way and away from your work. Leave your work. There are times we just need to go, no, I'm not going to do that. It may put us in a bad way. It may put us in a bad light. It may put us in a position where we'll have to explain ourselves when we shouldn't have been there in the first place. Nehemiah was solid. Nehemiah knew what he was about. Nehemiah knew that he was about a great work. His enemies had heard about weaknesses 
in the wall, and they wanted to get him away so they could exploit it. I'm telling you right now, if you're a pastor, if you're in a position of authority, there will be those that will draw you away because they want to exploit weaknesses in others. Not just you, but in others. So we need to be careful of that. We need to be prepared for that. Now, these guys did not stop. In fact, in verse 4, it talks about that. Uh, he, he said, they sent unto me four times after this sort. They didn't just go, oh, okay, Nehemiah, that's, that's cool. You know, I understand that you don't want to do that. And, and I'm, we're just, we're done. We're sorry. No, they continued on. See, they just continued on. Oh, Nehemiah, Nehemiah, man, you, you're, you're important. And I'm sure that they were saying these kind of things because they were not trying to be abrupt with him because then they, they would have played their hand and they, he would have known right out. They wanted to be coy about it. They wanted to be, uh, close to the vest. They wanted to butter him up. They wanted to get him to the point where he would come to them. The enemy is relentless. Not going to stop. Not going to just say, oh, okay, you know, you rejected me once. No, going to come at you another way. Try to come out a different way. Just like in a, in a game of football, you know, if, if you can't get to the quarterback one way, you're going to try another, you're going to try another, you're going to try another, you're going to keep on coming and coming and coming. And that's what the enemy does. Satan, Peter tells us, is like a roaring lion walking about, trying to see what he can devour. And that's what he's about. He's about devouring. He's about destroying. He's about ruining. You are about a great work. If you're spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, I don't care what God has called you to do. And you say, well, I feel like God's got something greater. He may indeed have something greater for you. Nehemiah was a cupbearer, but God had something else in mind for him that was greater than that. But for years, he was a cupbearer that was preparing him. Take what God is giving you to do, and you do it the best way you can. You pray about it and say, Lord, I'm going to be about your business. I'm going to do everything about you because I'm, no, this is all a great work. And maybe I'm just handing the bricks up to the guy that's setting them in place that knows what he's doing, but I'm going to continue to do that. And maybe he's preparing you to do something else that's even beyond that. that you've got no idea. Be prepared when he does, when he says, look, I've got this for you. To step up, to do it. I am about a great work. It's about Jesus Christ. It's not about us. Nehemiah came from nothing, so to speak. Came into a great work and completed it. Later on, we see that he put the doors in place. He continued on until he got the doors in place. And then he said, okay, he said, I'm not the leader here. He turned it over to somebody. Turned it over to his brother and another guy. He said, because they love the Lord. He knew what he was about. He was about building the wall. He wasn't about leading the people. He was about doing that. He was about uh, the physical aspects of Jerusalem. And so when he got it done, he didn't just stay there and, and do that. He turned it over to somebody else. Paul, when he established these churches, he would go on and he would leave people in place that he would train. Say, you are going to continue on. He would send letters to these churches and say, hey, I can't come to you. Uh, he was in prison and he would say, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to remember this. I want you to be strengthened by this. He wasn't actually the one there. He was trying to strengthen them. So Nehemiah, when he got the wall in place, did not keep the power. 
because that was never his intention. That was never what God called him to do. But he did a great work. What work are you doing for the Lord today? Child of God, are you seeking after? Are you trying to stay as anonymous as you can? You need to find you a good church and and a good Bible-believing church and go to the pastor and say, Hey, I'd like to do something. You'll probably scare him to death, for one thing. He's not used to that. He's used to trying to go and get people to do something. Go to him and say, look, I've been praying about it. You know, I want to do something. Not totally sure. I think maybe the Lord wants me to do this. And could you help me out? After he gets over the fright, he'll help you out. It may be something menial. It may be something that really needs to be done. Fill in the gap. But just do that. Follow after him. If you're listening to me this morning and you say, well, I don't know what this is all about. And you don't have Christ as your Savior. You need to have him. Because we're all in the same boat. We're all born into sin. All of us have come short of the glory of God. That's sin. That's what that is. We've missed the mark of God. Because of that, we've earned the wages of death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And He wants to be your Savior. He wants to give you eternal life. So that you can be about a great work. That's what He wants. And you can have that free gift. It says if you'll... Uh, confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It also says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. So don't think that there are so many stipulations. You say, oh, I can't do that. You don't have to know all the Bible. You just need to know that you're a sinner, that uh, you've uh, fallen short of God's glory, and He wants you to be with Him. And He provided a way through Jesus Christ. And that you can accept that free gift of salvation. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you can do that. And then you go and you get to be about a great work. You study God's word. You pray about it. Believe me, there are a lot of people that got saved. They've been sitting in the back pew for years and they've never, ever stepped up and said, I want to do what God wants me to do. If you're that case, you need to do that today. I want to thank you for allowing me to be with you today in this book of Nehemiah. I hope you uh, have learned something as I always do when I read the word. My name is Charles Morgan. Word is Alive Ministries.